The San Antonio Spurs 2018-19 season is almost here, and which begs the question, which player or players could likely be candidates to have a breakout season? Welcome to Locked On Spurs right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Jeff Garcia, your host for today's episode. And briefly, I'm going to bring, bring on Joe Garcia. You know him, you love him from Two Shots Podcast. So, yeah, the look, the Spurs season is almost here. A little over 20 more days. Uh, you got media day on the 24th. Then you got training camp. And then you got preseason. And then, it, then the real deal begins. So it's right around the corner. And, yeah. The Spurs brought in a bevy of new players and some second, third-year players on their own roster. Uh, you got Jakob Pertl, young kid, DeMar DeRozan. You got DeJounte Murray into his third, and Derek White, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But of all the players that are on this roster as of now, which ones could be the player that's going to open some eyes? So let's going to bring on Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. Joe, you heard the topic for today's episode but here's a one little rule. You cannot pick DeJounte Murray because that's like the easiest player to get. Okay, I got you, man. So it has to be on the current roster. I was going to pick Kawhi and Uncle Dennis, but they're over in Toronto. so <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're going to have a toilet season, right? Yeah, for sure, man. But <laughs> but I, I like oh, the wait, topic, wait, wait, man. Before we, go on, before we go on, what did you think about his sister's comments recently? Oh, you my know, this God. Whole, the Spurs are not seeing everything and why did – I mean, she went out there to say, hey, how come Parker left? I'll I'll wait for your answer. I mean, what what is this? What is that? I'll leave it like this, man, because I don't like talking about sisters and families and all that because I'm not in that in that camp, you know. But what I'll say simply is this. That's why you don't allow people that aren't really true prof- professionals when it comes down to social media, especially fam- family members to run your social media accounts. You don't engage. Yeah. Rule number one, you don't engage with trolls. They're always going to talk. They're always going to say something. Best thing to do, kill them with kindness and don't say nothing. Let them talk. Yeah. You know, when you engage, it just makes you look bad. Like you're trying to cover up for your brother because he did something shady. To me, your silence, that's all we need because Kawhi was never one to talk. So why should you talk for him now? You know? You're absolutely right. Um, but if you want to hear more on that topic, take a listen to the last episode of Locked On Spurs, where my colleague over at News 4 San Antonio, Jim Lefko, and I discussed that in detail. So let's go go into the main event. Uh, which player could likely have a uh, well, you know, be a breakout player or at least a player that is going to open some eyes? Let's put it that way. And you know the rule, Joe, no DeJounte Murray. So why don't you kick us off? Who is your one player that Spurs fans, NBA fans, should watch uh, when he is on the court for the silver and black. I'm going to go back to the last season, man. I've always said this, even even when we've done pad- podcasts earlier in the season, I always gave, you know who I'm talking about. I'm waiting for you to say his name. <laughs> I don't know. I, Bryn I, Forbes, I, I, man. Come on, right Bryn Forbes. Who? Oh, Bryn <laughs> Forbes. You're, you're going to roll with Bryn Forbes? I'm going to roll with Bryn Forbes to me. Wait, 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 hold on here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, gotta, I need a timeout right now because <laughs> did I hear you correctly? Because you're on not camp Bryn Forbes. You're an, you're actually last season, you were anti-Bryn Forbes. Why the change? What's making you think that he could be a, uh, on your microscope? It's just going back to what Coach Pop says, some of the coaching staff, some of the things that I've heard through the ether in the offseason. 
this kid is a great shooter from what I gather, you know, and, and I see spurts of that happening going back to last season. If they're really this high up on this guy and they're going to go ahead and offer him an extension and they're going to bring him back to the team, it's because they see something in him. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that he might, you know, things went down the way they went down last season uh, with Kawhi, you know, and all the drama. And that can, you know, have an effect on a player. But I think this is going to be Bryn Forbes' make or break season. He's either going to come out and prove me wrong and make me look foolish and he's going to just shoot the lights out and look like he's the second coming of Stephen Curry or he's just going to lay a rotten stinky egg in the middle of the AT&T center court and fans are just going to boo him out of the arena so you got well, the lesser of two evils well he's going into his third season with the uh, Spurs now last year he averaged 6.9 points per game uh, 1.4 rebounds one assist not even a steal and he did that in 19 minutes. Now, obviously, we know that he is known for shooting the ball. Well, during the regular season, 2017-18, he shot the ball at a 42.1% clip. And from the three-point line, 39%. Uh, Joe, what about those numbers do you think he needs to improve on? Which, which, which category would you say, you know, I need to see this improve from Bryn Forbes once the ball goes up in the air for the new season? Honestly? He just needs to start shooting the ball and, and sinking those shots in. I don't care if he shoots a ton of threes. To me personally, he's an undersized guard. He might get the mismatch on occasion because he might be a little quicker. Just hit some jump shots. If he has that consistent jump shot and he can just hit consistent, you know, mid-range, you know, shots, I think that'll open up the game for him, make him feel a lot better as a shooter. And that in turn will translate into him getting more confidence and knocking down some threes. To me, just knock down some shots, bro. You got to hit it when you're wide open. Well, well Joe, in last season, uh, his 39% uh, shooting average from behind the arc was the team best. He was uh, 89 out of 228 shots uh, thrown up. Um, now, he, you know, one area that I need to see improvement on from him is actually – from the free throw line, um, <laughs> you would think that a guy that can shoot a 39% clip lead the team last year in that uh, category, shoot 42% would be at least, I mean, 80% or better. He shot 66% from the free throw line last year, Joe. Joe, th that is just not acceptable. No, he probably gets shook, you know, because he's still young. So when he gets in these situations when the team is kind of lacking and the offensive department, and you're up there, and everybody's looking at you, and all the pressure's on you to sink down some shots. You know, you just succumb to the pressure. You know, maybe he's just, that's one of the aspects of the game that he needs to work on. Some There's some shooters out there that are great, you know, beyond the arc. They're good mid-range shooters. But when you get them, you know, up to the free throw line, that for whatever reason, they fall apart, you know. So, you know, maybe yeah, you yeah, just got to digress and, you know, I'm sorry, but you, maybe you just got to move a little to the left or to the right, Brent Forbes. Yeah. If you got that crooked shot, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, well, here's the thing, too. You mentioned about, like, the second coming of uh, Steph Curry. Look, obviously, there's only going to be one Steph Curry ever. But if he could just improve his shot, I mean, look at look at Curry. I mean, he's deadly from the uh, free throw line. I mean, he's deadly anywhere, you know, shooting the ball. So, you know, he's obviously Brent Forbes is not at that level. But that's an area of his game he needs to uh, improve on, and I hope he is doing that in the offseason. Another area for me, Joe, when I look at Bryn Forbes, is his assist. One assist per game last year. Now, granted, 
Um, you know, maybe didn't get enough playing time. I get it. You know what? He only had what 19 minutes per game, you know, erratic. Uh, and I get that, you know, he had a, a season high assist six at wizards last year. Uh, the one the lone visit to Washington, the Spurs had, I need to see that increase more, Joe. If he wants to de- become a deadly shooter, then opposing def- defenses, defenders need to respect the fact that he can find that open man who who will give up the ball, not take a quick shot, you know, and just create some space for himself. And I think a way to do that for him is to rely on maybe his assist ability and improve on that, knowing that maybe teams need to sag off a little bit because he might find that open man, whether it be just a catch and pass or a dribble drive and pass, something, Joe. Yeah, well, it comes down to just executing with the, you know, with the minutes that you're given and making the most out of the time that you have on the court, out of your situations. You know, when you get the ball and you're in an open situation, take the shot with confidence. Don't hesitate and look around. You know, if you hesitate for a tenth of a second and before you know it, it already threw your shot off. If you're going to shoot, shoot. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I saw a lot, a lot out of him last season is he was a little complacent when it came to shooting and open, you know, when he was wide open and there was nobody, there was a defender coming at him and he was just kind of looking around like, should I take it, the shot or should I pass the ball? No, if you're open and you, you got a good feeling, take the shot, man. I mean, you have to rely on your teammates to go up there and contest for the rebound, but he has to take the shots. He's not going to get any better and gain any confidence unless he's taking shots. He scored in double figures last year, 28 times for San Antonio, and he actually led the team in scoring in four games and assist three times. Um, so we know he has potential to be a great all-around player. Let me say it's a good, a very good, let me put it that way, a very good all-around player. I get it. You know, it was the second season. Maybe his first season was a wash, you know, playing in Austin in the G League and b- bouncing back and forth. But last season – you know, he got the minutes, 19 per game, and did show something. And I think the Spurs see that, and that's why they brought him back. Look, in today's NBA, it's a guard-friendly world. And the Spurs are definitely making that known this offseason by re-signing Forbes and drafting Lonnie Walker and bringing back Marco Bellinelli, et cetera, et cetera. So they're obviously loaded with guards. And I think they see Brent Forbes as that player that has the ability to knock down the shot and um, pretty much put some points on the board. Now, Joe, in the offseason, he's released videos of himself training. One thing I've noticed, and I think all of Spurs' uh, fandom has noticed, he put on some size. He didn't get overweight. I mean, he put on some muscle. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess he's been eating those tortillas in the offseason, man. Some carne guisada. Well, he's been eating that. <laughs> yeah, he's been eating that. He's been oh, – you know what? He's probably been following the Mike Bibby program. Seriously, have you seen this guy? Oh, guys, man. Up? Hulk, yeah, yeah. Booby got, but no, he, Bibby he's got at, swole when he when he retired, man. <laughs> yeah, usually usually players when they retire get fat. Bibby got swole, but that's you know just Google it, you'll see what I mean. And prepare to see your eyes just pop out if you haven't seen the former NBA player, current Big Three player, Mike Bibby. But nevertheless, obviously we're just joking. He did not get huge that swole, but he did get bigger. He did get somewhat, you know, some size on him now. Some Spurs fans have said good. Some Spurs fans said bad. Um, why is this a good thing, Joe? Why is it good that he added some muscle to his frame? Well, with some added muscle, that means that he can create some space. You know, you can 
lower that elbow and give a little tap, you know, and it's actually going to make a dent. I mean, before he was yeah. bouncing off defenders. At least now he can just get some separation, maybe get that, you know, half a second that he needs to get a, a, a really nice looking shot off. I think that was one of the issues is he's an undersized guard for one. He has to shoot over most of his defenders. And then one, he was not just undersized, but he didn't have any weight to him, you know? So he's going up against guys that are bigger, faster, and stronger than him. And he's he was getting killed out there. So I'm glad he put on some weight. We are talking with Joe Garcia of Two Shots Podcast. You can follow Joe on Twitter at, spell it out, Two Shots Podcast. All right, so that was Joe's pick for a player who could possibly be um, one to get your eyes uh, wider next season. I'll go to shift to me now. Yeah, I mean, I can go the easy route. Maybe I can go Derek White. I get that. That's kind of easy. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the old guy. And I'm going to go with Rudy Gay, Joe. Um, Rudy Gay, he's going into his second season with the Spurs. They re- they inked him uh, this offseason. And I get it. He's going into his, what, his 13th season. You know, what what more can he give? I actually think he can give more and actually produce more than what he did last year. He's going to be the starting fo- small forward with the absence of your buddy Kawhi Leonard, Joe, because I know you're sad about <laughs> Kawhi Leonard leaving. Nah. So he'll he's getting he's getting the the starting nod. And remember this, he only appeared last season in 57 games for the Silver and Black. That's it. That's during the regular season. And in those 57 games, he averaged 11 and a half points per game, 5.1 rebounds, 1.3 assists, shot the ball 47% and from the free throw line, 77%. He was hobbled by, uh, I think it was bursitis of the heel. Um, he was out for a very considerable time. I don't even remember that last year, Joe. Um, with all eyes that were on Kawhi Leonard at that time, when he was coming back, I think forgotten for a while was Rudy Gay, and he was out for a considerable amount of time. This offseason, Joe, he's been putting in the work. I don't know if you've seen his social media accounts. I mean, this guy is... You know, we're talking. We're making. We're laughing at uh, Brent Forbes looking swole. You should see Rudy Gay. He's he's gotten leaner, he's gotten meaner, and he's on a mission. He has seen a lot of sports critics discount the Spurs, and he is not having it. And he's making it very known um, his feelings on that on his social media. I get it. You may be listening to this right now and saying, "Jeff, you're out of your mind." What what kind? What do you? How much more? more improvement can a guy get going into his 13th season. I think now that he's had one season under his belt, he's going to get the minutes, more minutes than he had last year. He had 21.6. I expected him maybe going up to 25, 26. That, we can see a jump. Not a tremendous jump. I'm not saying he's a 20 and 10 guy, but we can actually see him maybe push 15, 16 points per game and be that rock at the small forward spot that the Spurs desperately need now that Kawhi Leonard is no longer a Spur. And, of course, obviously we lost Danny Green in that same deal. Joe, your thoughts? Well, I think that's a, a surprising tick, a pick, should I say. I mean, you got some some guts to, to pick Rudy Gay. I'll, I'll give you that, you know. But I think he does still have something left in the tank. And I believe that he's going to play with the ship on his shoulder. You know, he's got mm-hmm. something to prove, not just to the fan base here, because, I mean, he looked fantastic when he was healthy. But I think he wants to prove something to the rest of the league and show that he can still play at a high level. You know, and 
I think that's what he's looking to do this season. I think he's going to be a lot more aggressive. I think he's going to feel a lot better out there on the court. You know, I mm-hmm. think it, at times he was a little, you know, ginger with his actual leg that he had the Achilles uh, injury on. But it yeah. took him, you know, most of the season to get back into to game shape and really feel great again. And it was mm-hmm. unfortunate that the Spurs didn't go further in the playoffs because, of course, the Warriors stopped that. But I think this mm-hmm. next season, you're going to see a lot more of what we saw at the end of the season in the playoffs. Right. That Rudy Gay is going to be coming and playing right off the bat. I'm glad you mentioned uh, his uh, final games, regular and postseason. Just in the regular season um, versus New Orleans, I mind you, these are the last five games that he played before the uh, the playoffs started against Golden State. He put up uh, eight points. Then he followed that up against Sacramento, 18 points versus Portland, put up 16. At Lakers, he put up 14 points. And at Clippers, to end the regular season, he put up 13 points. And then, as Joe mentioned about his playoff performance, remember, I mean, he this guy was scoring double digits in all four games, um, at least in four games, I'm sorry, um, 14 points, 11 points, 12 points, 15 points. That's there. And I think added the fact that now DeMar DeRozan, his very good friend, is playing with him. These two guys played together in the Drew League this offseason, and I get it's the Drew League. It's not an NBA competition, but nevertheless, there's some chemistry there. DeMar knows his his tells, you know, where Rudy likes the ball. He played with him in Toronto. I think with the Spurs moving to a, probably a faster pace, a, uh, you know, you know, a high-scoring kind of a team they're going to go for next season, um, it could do well for Rudy Gay. Joe? Yeah, I think it can do well for Rudy. Um, but, you know, another player that I kind of want to talk about before we run out of time is I'm looking at Jakob Portal. You know, we really don't know about this this guy. He we, We've seen some highlights, you know, and he has showing a lot of promise. I think he's another guy that's going to come over and he might, you know, surprise us a little bit. I mean, he he has the size, he has the athleticism, and let's face it, man, he's, you know, tons better than Jazz Hands Paul Gasol out there. Jazz hands. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, he can actually be a little bit mobile, you know, when it comes to playing defense and going up there and contesting and getting rebounds. Uh, un- unlike Paul Gasol, who is just a liability and crunch time. And, you know, when they really need him to come through on the defensive end, he's almost all but absent. And and teams don't really respect the Spurs defense while he's out there on the court. So I'm hoping that a Yaka Portal which we haven't really seen, you know, much of, uh, you know, what he can do. I'd like to see him and have a breakout year. I'd like to see him have a great breakout year for the Spurs and really, you know, show the fans that he was worth this trade. Well, he's definitely going to have to earn that um, in the training camp, which is set to kick off or tip off in this case in just a few short weeks. Now, look, one thing I like about Pirtle is this. He's durable. He played all 82 games for the Raptors last season. Um, he is a big dude, and he's young. He's seven foot. I believe he's 22 years old. And as Joe mentioned, a marked upgrade over Pal Gasol. Now, Pal Gasol, he's been there, done that. We all know how Pop loves his vets. So likely, Gasol could be the starting center. But I would not be surprised if down the road next season, as the 82-game schedule moves on, that 
Powell could need some time away from the starting job and get some rest on that bench. Enter Jakob Pirtle. Now, last season, Joe, he posted 6.9 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, and 12, 0.7 assists. Um, now, he did shoot the ball 66% from the field, but there's one thing about his game is this, Joe. He needs to stay out of foul trouble. This guy can rack up fouls. Last year, he averaged close to three fouls per game. If he wants to be effective, he has to learn to play clean and stay on the court. Um, that's my only knock on him. I just think at this point, going into his third season in the NBA, first with the Spurs, he's going to get the minutes. Last year, he saw a tremendous spike from his rookie to his sophomore season in minutes, 11 to 18. I think he could be also seeing the same thing about 18 to 20 if he plays his cards right. Joe, I mean, it's it's for him to take, in my opinion. I think if he wows it, and I think Pau Gasol will be the type of guy to be like, look, I've been there, I've done that, let the kid flourish. Very similar to what how Tony Parker did with DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I agree with you. But you know, one thing that really irritates the heck out of me and a lot of other Spurs fans is Pop's stubbornness at times. Coach Pop, he's a great coach. He's going to go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. But he hangs on to guys all the time. And I think he hangs on to them when they're already, you know, worn down and they really don't have much left in the tank. And what I'm referring to is Paul Gasol. It wouldn't surprise me if in training camp, Bianca Portal actually shows Pop that he can earn this starting uh you know, starting position on the team and, you know, have Gasol come off the bench. I think everybody knows it's time. You know, I mean, Gasol's not getting any younger. And he even said that he wants to play another couple of years in the NBA. But everybody's looking on the court Mm -hmm. and they're like, no, man, this is just, it's just not working. He can play great in limited minutes. But I think the time for the changing of the guard has come. You know, some they need some youthfulness. They need some of that you know, energy out there on the court. And I think that's what we're going to probably get this season. But one of the other guys I think we should mention is Derek White. I'm looking to Derek White to have a great season and maybe even contest, uh, you know, Brent Forbes for for some playing time out there on the court. I think we really didn't see much of a Derek White last season because he played limited minutes, mostly garbage minutes. But I think this season we might see some more of Derek White. I really want to see what this young man has. You know, before I, I, I chime in about White, one thing about Jacoperto is this, although he has tremendous upside, and I think a lot of sports talking heads have said this kid is, you know, is the real deal. He has, he's the goods. You know, the Spurs got themselves a gem in the deal. But in today's day and age where the center can knock down three-point shots, I think that's his weakness right now. Last year, uh, I think he only had one three-pointer. You know, and when you got the guys like Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, um, I mean, pick a center nowadays, you know, for the most part, most NBA center, not all, but a good chunk of them can, are starting to knock down that three. Even Dwight Howard, I know Dwight Howard uh, has been working on that aspect of his game this offseason. Uh, but that's about it. I just think the kid just needs time. Like he got 18 minutes per game last year. Give him about 22, 21 I think uh, the Spurs uh, would see uh, dividends paid off with that move. Now, as far as White is concerned, I agree with you as far as him giving Bryn Forbes run in the sense of he's a he's more of an all-around guard. Bryn Forbes yeah. is one-dimensional. He's an outside shooter. He's a gunner. And 
Um, that's about it. You know, that we talked about his assists. Uh, we talked about his uh, shooting percentages. White, on the other hand, he's a guard and he can play both spots. He can facilitate, as we saw in the G League last year in Austin. We saw in the summer leagues. Um, he can shoot the ball. Maybe not the clip as Bryn Forbes, but he can definitely shoot the ball. He's a big dude. He's a he. You know, don't you know? Not not because of his tremendous mohawk that he carries around, but physically. <laughs> He's a, he's a big guy. He's tall. He can see over defenders, and he can play the point guard spot, something Bryn Forbes cannot do. Now, I've said this before many times on Lockdown Spurs, and I'll say it again. In my conversations with Bryn Forbes, he's always told me that while he was in Austin, one thing that the Austin slash San Antonio coaching staff wanted him to learn was the point guard spot. I think he's aware of that, and I think he might you might see him be that guy, but White already has that. He's six foot four, 190 pounds, and he's you know young. To his credit, he played all what four seasons in college. So, you know, his basketball IQ is a is a much more well rounded than maybe a Forbes. I'm not knocking Forbes, I'm not. I think Forbes is valuable and I think his outside shot is great. Uh, but White is ready, in my opinion. I think White is ready. Um he could push Forbes. Now, granted, you know, Forbes is kind of limited to maybe the shooting guard spot. You know, we could throw him in the point guard spot, I guess, but I don't really want to trust him in that role. I trust White more in that role. And I think White is a is kind of a one-two punch over Brent Forbes is more of a one punch. Joe? No, I agree with you on that. And I think that when you're looking at overall guard play, I think Derek White can outperform Brent Forbes. And it's because he has the athleticism, and like you were saying, he can play both sides of the ball. He's great. He's a great defender, and he's also a good offensive threat when he has minutes. And now that's going to be the the thing once again coming back to Coach Pop. He loves him some veterans, you know, and unfortunately it, he's not going to change his ways. So we're probably going to see him go with the tried-and-true veterans, and he's probably going to yeah. go with Bryn Forbes and we're going to see Derek or, White and, and limited minutes. And, 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 and Patty Mills as well. Oh, yeah. You can't forget yeah. Patty Mills. I mean, Patty Mills yeah. is a great backup point guard. I think we all saw that. He's not a great starting guard. Yeah. you know. And, I'm, and, and Popovich took blame for why yeah. he had an erratic season. He, he said it was all him. Yeah, and it is him because, I mean, you look at it, and Patty Mills, he's great when he's just a role player, not when he's yeah. having to do all these other things that a starting point guard is going to have to do out there on the court so to his credit Popovich you know hit it right on the head he was he even admitted you know hey I made a mistake you know it's one of these things that we had to do unfortunately Patty paid the price because his you know all his stats just took a nosedive yeah he was asked to do a lot more than what he's used to and um, thank you very much Kawhi Leonard Uh, but as far as Derek White is concerned he's he he tears up the G League Last year, he averaged 25 points per game up in Austin, five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Now, if he could do that on the NBA level, I mean, he'd be amazing, but obviously that's not going to happen. It's a different level of competition. That's like the only aspect of Derek White for me as far as, um, you know, giving him a solid, yeah, he's going to be a great player because can he do that consistently in the NBA? Uh, And he's going to get his chance to shine. And getting a nod to play with Team USA World Cup qualifying team should hopefully boost his confidence in that direction. So we shall see. But Joe and I, we need to know who you're or who you're picking for your breakout candidate. Which player 
not named DeJounte Murray, uh, should you, me, Joe, the rest of your fellow Spurs fans throughout the world keep an eye on and we'll open some eyes. You can email me at jeffgarcia74 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at jeffgspurzone. And, of course, go to the Spurs Zone, news4sanantonio.com and fox29sanantonio.com. Joe Garcia is going to tell you everything about Two Shots Podcast and maybe some 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 secret goodies that you're going to be trotting out soon, Joe? Yeah, you can follow us at Two Shots Podcast at T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're also on the World Wide Web. Yeah, and, you know, keep an eye out because I'm hearing through the grapevine that we might see a new Spurs announcer uh, be announced shortly. Uh, well, should I say officially? By the San Antonio Spurs, so keep an eye out for that. Oh, and you also, I uh, think um, Two Shots is also going to be having some surprises too, right? Yeah, we're going to be rolling out some stuff. I'm not going to divulge that right now, but you all will yeah, we'll I mean, see I just, when I it just comes out. Tease the listener. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm just trying to help you out here, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to tease the listener. We're going to have some surprises coming through. We're going to have some people that are going to be coming out on some new shows and giving you some, you know, much needed updates and uh, some better content. So keep an eye out for that. All right, so make sure to go follow Joe on Twitter at Two Shots Podcast. Just spell it out. But for Joe Garcia, I am Jeff Garcia, and we're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.